Hi everybody, this is Dr. Sam Byrne, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. And I'm very happy to offer cutting-edge information on holistic eye care and wellness. I'd like to start here as an intro and make a statement that eye disease is a symptom. That's right, eye disease is a symptom. And we can blame our eyes deteriorating on many things. We can blame it on genetics. We can blame it on aging. We can blame it on our eye doctors. But one of the ways that I have uh, promoted over many, many years is that when we do get symptoms, especially, uh, you know, the diagnosis, uh, these particular symptoms, the, the allopathic way of treating things is either managing the disease or suppressing symptoms. And there's lots of ways to do that through pharmaceutical drugs, through surgical procedures, and there are alternatives and complementary ways to become proactive so that you can improve your vision at any age. And I've studied things like nutrition and movement therapies and stress reduction techniques and functional medicine. And eye disease can be averted. There are things that one can do to improve eye health and the thing to note is that, you know, when we get an eye disease, that we just didn't wake up one day and it happened. But we've probably had some kind of chronic imbalance going on for a long time. And the eye disease that we've just been diagnosed with is a wake-up call. And in the questions that I'm going to be answering today... I'm going to talk about strategies, protocols, philosophies, uh, things that I have found to be very successful for people to prevent eye problems, to improve uh, you know, eye disease. And there are many, many things that we can do that are on the palate that we can tap into. So I'd like to begin today's show with a question from Steve. And Steve is uh, writing about uh, a retinal detachment surgery that he just had. And he wants to avoid the formation of cataracts from a vitrectomy that was done. He also wants to know how to dissolve pigment stuck behind the retina. And he's also ordered my eye drops. I'm assuming the MSM eye drops. And he's curious to see, to see if this may help. Uh, these situations that he's going through. So Steve, thank you so much for the question. And the procedure that you're referring to is something called a vitrectomy, which is a surgical uh, procedure <clears throat> where the, uh, the doctor actually takes the vitreous, which is the jelly-like front of the eye. Uh, actually, it's in the, we call it the posterior chamber. So actually, it's in the, the back two-thirds of the eye. And the gel-like part of the eye actually is removed 
so that the surgeon can have a better access to the retina. And this allows for a variety of repairs, everything from you know, laser surgery to, to repair retinal detachments like what you're going through, uh, sometimes treating macular holes, um, you know, <clears throat> many reasons why <clears throat> um, the vitreous is removed. Uh, lots of times the vitreous will be removed, you know, if there's been some eye trauma um, or a lot of vitreous floaters. But one of the main reasons why uh, the vitreous is removed is because uh, the surgeon wants to try to do a laser job on the retina that's come detached. So in the retina, we've got three layers. We have the retinal pigment epithelium, which is more in the, the surface. Then we have a thicker layer called Brooks membrane in the middle. And then deep in the retina, we have something called the choriocapillaris. And when we have a retinal detachment, what's going on is that the retina, the retina has lost its um, fluidity and oxygenation and hydration characteristics. So it, it's actually kind of dried out in some ways and it pulls away from the eyeball. And this is uh, you know, what a retinal detachment is. Now, when you get a vitrectomy, what happens is, is that you're definitely more susceptible to secondary influences like cataracts. Uh, this is one of the, the side effects sometimes of vitrectomies. And we're not even assured that when you do have the retinal surgery that uh, it's not going to happen somewhere else uh, in the retina. So we start here where we say that you know, why do, I, why do our eyes let us down? You know, in your particular case, why is this happening? And there are a variety of reasons. Uh, certainly, nutritional deficiencies would be at the top of the list. Stress would be another reason. A lack of oxygenation and hydration. The bottom line is the retinal cells are not getting the proper nut nutrient support and in doing that, the tissue uh, is not able to thrive. And so if we look at the big picture for a second, Steve, and you may have already done this, but I'm just going to run through the list of things that I talk to patients about, is that do you suffer any inflammatory situations anywhere in your body, especially in your intestinal system? What's your digestive system like? I find that when there are eye problems, sometimes I can trace them to <clears throat> uh, inflammatory responses that are going on in the gut. And this comes down to the kind of foods you eat. So we want to steer clear of a lot of the things that create more of an acidic environment. I would say things like dairy, gluten, sugar, processed foods. And it really takes a shift into moving more into uh, the plant-based diet, at least partly, where we're getting a lot of the antioxidants that are really important for the retina. And these are the green leafy vegetables and the colorful rainbow diet, really good omega fatty acids uh, so that you're getting a lot of good fats and oils. 
into the optic nerve in the retina area. And also you're taking a look at your own uh, microbiome. So the probiotics is another thing to explore. And then we look at things, Steve, like uh, toxicities in the body, if you've had any dental work. Uh, again, I don't know your history, <clears throat> but I've seen a lot of people with retinal problems that they have had uh, multiple root canals and or dental amalgams, and you want to seek out a biological dentist to, to help you clear those things. But if I were you, I would be doing things like acupuncture, uh, craniosacral therapy, um, and eating a really clean diet. And then in terms of reducing your visual stress. Now, you haven't talked anything about uh, digital device use. However, I would say with your situation, you want to be wearing blue blockers. You know, blue light actually has the capability, according to some early research that I've read, there was one study that was out of the University of Toledo that said the retinal pigment epithelium cells <clears throat> can actually die because the blue light, it bombards the retina. It's a very short wavelength, and so it bombards the, the retina if you're doing a lot of digital device uh, work. And functionally, how you're using your two eyes together. I was working with somebody recently who had the same thing that happened to them that that you're going through. And we discovered through some of the functional testing that I did that his right eye was working 80% more than his left eye. And it was the right eye that had the, the, the problem. So that balancing out your eyes and getting your left eye and right eye working together is really critical. And this is where my eye clarity program would be very helpful to you just to get into the eye exercises and change the way you're using your two eyes. Obviously, the, um, the MSM eye drops would be beneficial. Uh, however, I don't think you know it's the total answer for you. I think this is uh, going to take the long view for you, Steve. I don't think that you know you can expect big changes immediately. But if you begin to employ a lot of these strategies over time, your eyes are going to get healthier, more robust, and you're going to prevent any future problems. Okay, the next question is from Susan, and she's describing her right eye, <clears throat> that somehow she got an oily substance in her eye, and she can barely see through it. She said she had an eye exam, <clears throat> but um, evidently the doctor didn't find anything. Would the MSM eye drops help? Okay, Susan, uh, this is a really good question. You know, our eyes are very sensitive in that they definitely take in or take on the external environment. You know, I remember <clears throat> in my first practice in the Philadelphia area, I would see a lot of people who worked in the bars, you know, in the, they were waiters and waitresses. And that was the time when people smoked. Uh, and people would come in and they'd have incredibly red and dry, dry eyes. And uh, I would employ many of these techniques that I'm doing now. And if they were contact lens wearers, <clears throat> the, the um, environment would uh, influence the contact lenses. And if they didn't wear contacts, they still absorbed a lot of things that uh, were in their environment. 
So the, the point is, is that <clears throat> you want to take a look at the external environment and, you know, are you, have you been exposed to any kind of um, toxins, exotoxins as we call them? Um, you know, like here I'm in Hawaii this week and I've been seeing some patients here and <clears throat> everybody is suffering from um, dry eye because of the VOG which uh, was created by the volcano. And so people were, were highly affected by the, the air here. And these days with you know, all the environmental toxins out there, everything from pesticides to uh, you know, secondhand smoke to just overall environmental toxicities, uh, this can create an imbalance in our tears, uh, in our tear formation. <clears throat> now there are three parts to the tears. There's an oily part called the sebaceous part of the tears. There's a watery part, which is kind of the middle, called the aqueous. And uh, there's the mucin part, which is also a little oily, but not as much as the sebaceous part. <clears throat> now, with those three layers on the cornea, uh, sometimes they get out of balance. You know, I've talked about this before, that uh, this is especially for women, uh, they get out of balance in terms of their estrogen levels. And this can create a, kind of a, an inefficient way that the tears are being produced or how well they layer the eyes. So you asked a question about MSM eye drops. It's certainly worth a, worth a try. The way I would use the MSM eye drops is probably every two to three hours in application with the, the eye massage and or the eye, um, the eye bath, where you really put a lot of the eye drops in the eye, on the eyelashes and then open your eyes. I would probably start with the 5% uh, MSM eye drops. I think that's a good place to go. I would take a look at your, um, your fats and oils and what you're eating in terms of your diet. <clears throat> and I would also employ my dry eye, eye clarity exercise program because that will help increase the lymph increase the immune system, and move the circulation. I would say if you're still having difficulties, I would uh, go for craniosacral therapy. That's also really good for removing the eye lymph and uh, the connection of the fluid in the brain, cerebral spinal fluid, to the eyes. Anytime you move the lymph system and you do some kind of a little detoxification, sometimes that might clear things up. And finally, maybe getting some acupuncture. That could also be very beneficial to you. But I, I think that there, these are some good strategies to explore that could help uh, get your eyes more into a balanced state. Okay, question three. This is from uh, Lena. And she, she writes, Dear Dr. Byrne, I came across your podcast. I'm looking to stabilize my nearsightedness. Well, Lena, you've come to the right place. She goes on, I have, I have minus 8 and minus 850 lenses, and I'm only 41. Okay, well, I'm going to stop you right there and say that age is kind of irrelevant in whatever prescription we have. I know that's kind of radical, but it's really true because, you know, <clears throat> when, I, when I work with people, We've got the numbers, but I always look at the person behind the numbers. And one of the first questions I would ask you is how old you were when you got your first prescription. 
And that's probably going to tell us <clears throat> what you were going through at that time that you became nearsighted. And a lot of times what happens when you become nearsighted, especially at a young age, is that um, there were some stressful things going on. And those stressful things created a stress pattern. And you had to pull your world in as a way to protect yourself, to understand the chaos that might be going on. Um, now, I do understand, as you continue, you started wearing a 7.5 and a 7.25, and it is absolutely wonderful. This is true. If you start wearing le <clears throat> less prescription, your eyes get to relax. So the stronger the prescription you wear, the, uh, the tighter your eyes are going to be, and the tighter your consciousness is going to be. And you write, my eyes are no longer tense. I've even started to drive with these glasses. This is the best advice so far. I will start your recommended 90-day eye exercise soon. I notice that my eyes focus better after eye massage or cardio workout. So now here are her questions. My eyes are super sensitive to sunlight. I have to wear sunglasses even on, on a cloudy day. Do you have any supplement or exercise advice to reduce sun sensitivity? What causes eye sensitivity? And then the second question is about prisms. My doctor put prisms in my last prescription as she tried to put reading and distance functions into one prescription. The last prescription took a big toll in my eyes, increasing my blur. <clears throat> Can prisms contribute to the problem? Okay, so let's take the second question first about prisms. My opinion on prisms is that generally when they are prescribed, uh, they are prescribed with the philosophy that it's like wearing a, a, um, a brace on your eyes. So basically it creates a limitation in your movement and development. The prism is forcing your eye into one position to try to create stabilization. And I'm here to say that that doesn't work. Prisms, generally speaking, are going to weaken your eyes and you're going to have to work harder to interact with the prism to create some level of stabilization. If you do my vision eye therapy, eye exercises, my eye clarity program, you're actually going to be able to uh, stabilize your vision from the inside out by developing better visual skills. So I would immediately drop the prism it is detrimental to your improvement. It's just getting in the way. Now, in terms of your first question about sensitivity to sunlight, so light is a food that the eyes need. And if you have a sensitivity, it's saying that there's an imbalance in your retinal cells being able to process the light uh, equally and uh, in, a, in a very relaxed way. So this light sensitivity is saying that your sympathetic nervous system, that's our active state, has been overworking for a long time. And the result of that is light sensitivity is a symptom saying that your eyes are stressed out. So I would start in with the eye exercises. I would uh, maybe work with um, uh, some supplements 
things like bilberry, quercetin, <clears throat> taurine, vitamin A, uh, increasing your fish oils, your omega-3 fatty acids, getting more nuts and seeds into your diet, eating a low uh, inflammatory diet, lots of plant carotenoids like lutein and zeaxanthin. And it's a process as you get stronger in your visual function and you discharge the stress, the light sensitivity can begin to go away. Now, I have an exercise on my website called sunning. And that would be a good one for you to do early in the morning. Go outside and do the sunning exercise. Now, your eyes are closed here, so you start getting more acclimated to the sunlight. Now, when you close your eyelids, you get some sun into the, uh, into the eyes, but it's more regulated. <clears throat> so, yes, you can shift all this around. Um, so those are, those are my answers to those questions. One more thing I would say is I would start wearing the seven, a seven and a quarter in each eye. So there's something really valuable about wearing the same lens in each eye that's going to encourage your eyes to work better together. So even though the eyes may see a little differently, when you start wearing symmetrical lenses, it's like a vision exercise that's going to get both of your eyes to start uh, collaborating better. So thank you so much for the question and uh, keep in touch. Okay, next question. This is from Melinda, and she was very inspired by a testimonial that was done by um, a parent uh, about uh, a son who was born blind, and now he has 20-20 vision. So Melinda is sharing that she has a son and a daughter with something called Usher syndrome, that uh, doctors uh, say that you can lose all of your vision uh, by the age of 40. And so she's very concerned about it, and she wants to know how I might be able to help. Okay, so I'm going to start with a study. This was a randomized study of vitamin A and vitamin E supplementation for um, one of the components of Usher's syndrome, which is retinitis pigmentosa. So in this research study, uh, they took a group of people, and it was a double-blind double study, and was done over a four- to six-year period, so that's great. Um, and 600 patients were studied who had retinitis pigmentosa. And the results showed that people who received 15,000 IUs of vitamin A on a daily basis actually had an improvement that was a beneficial effect on neutralizing some of the retinitis pigmentosa. <clears throat> so retinitis pigmentosa, just for those of you that don't know, is a condition, it's a genetic mutation that causes a narrowing of the peripheral vision. And you can have hearing loss, you can have vision loss, and what happens is it affects the layers of the uh, light sensitivity tissue of the back of the eye, the retina, and Usher syndrome can manifest based on the gene mutations. But with uh, retinitis pigmentosa, or this tendency towards that, you know, tunneling your vision, the carotenoids are so important. Lutein, zeaxanthin, astaxanthin, bilberry, taurine. Uh, so it's 
really important. You eat a healthy, clear diet. You, um, uh, another thing that I would recommend would be my eye exercises. Uh, I think that doing something just, I have one out there in my, on my website called retinal health for eye clarity. That would be the one that I would recommend for both your children. And I'm going to leave you with this. Although we have genetic influences on our health, we also have the capability to change the expression of the genes based on our lifestyle, our diet, our stress reduction, what we think, what our emotional health is like. There's a new field called epigenetics. It's actually not that new anymore. But being able to understand that we don't have to just live out our genetic destiny is really important. And if you start adding these different nutrients with the eye exercises, you definitely can slow down and in some cases neutralize the deterioration. Okay, this is our last question for today. It's a great one. This is from Amelia. She's writing, Dear Dr. Sam, what do you know about blepharospasm and what recommendations may you have for me? I am currently on Botox shots that somewhat help keep my eyes open, but it makes for complications for me to be able to blink and keep them tight during sleep. <clears throat> for that reason, my eyes are dry and tear a lot. I am watching my diet and doing a liver cleanse. What else can I do? Okay, so blepharospasm is associated with... Um, a lack of control of the muscles around the eyes and the face. Now, most people develop blepharospasm, um, and this begins to affect their blinking, and it can create um, lots of fatigue, sensitivity to bright light, and as it progresses, it definitely affects our sleep cycles and our ability to relax. So one of the ways that I talk about um, any kind of muscle spasms in the eye is if you haven't already, take a look at your levels of magnesium. You know, most people are deficient in magnesium levels. And magnesium is one of those trace minerals that is very supportive for our muscle health throughout our whole body. And one of the things to, to trace is this blepharospasm, this spasming just in the eye, or is it throughout, is it other places as well? Blepharospasm is really ignited a lot by a stress response, uh, trauma. So getting some craniosacral therapy would be very helpful to you. Perhaps uh, even uh, getting some um, acupuncture might also be beneficial for you. And it's not that they're going to put the needles around the eyes, but it will open up the energy throughout your whole body. You know, in Chinese medicine, the liver rules the eyes. And so if you're doing a liver cleanse, I'm not sure why you're doing it, 
but I would get a baseline on what your heavy metal toxicity is like, what your dental health has been like. Um, you know, heavy metals can really throw off your, your muscle responsiveness. Um, and part of this is being able to neutralize the spasms that are going on. So it could be part uh, deficiency in trace minerals. Again, magnesium is the main one that I would look at. <clears throat> and then taking a look at toxicities and traumas that may have occurred. I would start in on my eye exercises. Um, I think the one that I would work with actually would be the dry eye, eye clarity protocol. I would definitely be very liberal with using the eye massage with the MSM eye drops. Obviously, increasing your fats and oils in your diet is critical and getting a lot of good nutrients into your body. Um, but if you can learn to self-regulate your visual stress, what happens is the blepharospasm may still be there, but it recedes into the background. So it's not dominating you or taking over like it is now. Um, again, I would start, start exploring more of a, you know, working with a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor, finding out inflammation in the body, toxicity levels. Um, those, those would be the places that I would start. It sounds like you're, you have a part nutritional deficiency and uh, the eye exercises would really help you. So that's our show for today. Wow, great questions. Don't forget, join me on Facebook Live every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, where I'll answer your questions online in real time. Or you can send me an email and uh, we'll put you in the queue in terms of our podcasts. So thank you so much for your interest. And until next time, take good care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.